Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. For today's episode, we've got Stacy Ward, who's the VP of Customer Care over at Red Canary, which is based out of the uh, Denver, Colorado area. Stacy's had a, a long career in software, and she's really seen the evolution uh, of customer success. So we got really interesting insights from her, especially given that she was uh, in the sales organization for a long period of time and has made the transition over to customer success. Uh, really talked about linking those organizations and thinking about just the the integrated approach to customer success. So uh, enjoyed the conversation with Stacy. Talked a little bit about the Denver area and what they're doing out there, uh, which seems to be a hotbed for uh, some startups. So I uh, hope you all get to enjoy. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm here with uh, Stacy Ward today, Vice President of Customer Care with Red Canary, which is a security ally and operations partner for modern teams deployed in minutes. Uh, they're based out of Boulder, Colorado, and as a Charlestonian, I'm certainly jealous of the the summers that you get to spend up there. So, Stacy, welcome to the show, and uh, maybe give us a, a quick glimpse into uh, your path into getting red into Red Canary. Thank you. Um, yeah, we do have some nice summers here. So, Stacy Ward, uh, as you said, Vice President of Customer Care and for Red Canary, and my my background was primarily in inside sales, and the reason that I made the switch into customer success was because I noticed that in even my sales career, the only way that I was actually able to grow my business was through securing long-term customer relationships and ensuring that those customers not only leveraged whatever initial tool they purchased from me, that they were on board to purchase either additional services, additional products, but that they continued to be happy with their, their product or service. And then I realized, oh, there's this whole career around just that. And so I, I made the leap into specifically customer success about five years ago, and it's been a it's very exciting to watch how this industry has just absolutely taken off. That's great. Before we you know we had a pre-call a couple of weeks ago, and um, I know you mentioned that Boulder and kind of the Colorado community in general is starting to see a ton of um, technology companies coming into the space. Is there anything that you can attribute that to? Is there anything in particular that you feel like um, allows startups maybe to kind of get a good, good push off there in, in Boulder. Um, I'm curious if there's, I don't know, is it something in the water, you know, what's, what's going on over in that part of uh, the country? I think in Boulder, Denver, the two are sort of starting to merge together a little bit. It has always been a very innovative community from especially around Boulder and as the tech industry has grown people graduated from the universities around here and thought I don't really want to go to Chicago New York the other the financial hubs so a lot of those entrepreneurs opened up businesses and there's a great company or organization in Boulder called Techstars that is an incubator for those startups we have Boulder Startup Week, Denver Startup Week. So it's just a very fertile environment for entrepreneurs, startups, uh, particularly in the, the tech area. And I think even larger companies who looked at where they can open a location with talented people, professionals, and people who were looking for a great quality of life, the Denver area seemed to be that spot. So it has, has really taken off. 
Yeah, yeah. I think another area we continue to see pop off too is um, kind of the Utah, Salt Lake City, which mm -hmm. I feel like is very um, similar just in terms of the landscape. And, you know, they have very similar features, like you mentioned, in terms of just the kind of the population of uh, good professionals. And so we're, I think we're starting to see this, this trend of, of companies trying to move outside of the Silicon Valley bubble. And you're starting to see these hubs start to pop up where it's, it's kind of fun and exciting to see, um, you know, the microcosms of these little tech stars and other things, like you mentioned, these little incubators that um, hopefully are starting to, to get some traction. Um, so it's fun. When we were talking, we started to kind of ask the question, you know, about starting and establishing customer success and starting early um, and how important that is, especially along the, the evolution of a, a company. So um, has there, have there been experiences that you've come across or been in companies that you may have been in where you're seeing that, um, you know, you do need to start early and uh, seeing the effects of how that can actually change or impact the growth of those companies? I really can. One of the organizations I was with prior to joining Red Canary was an organization, SaaS company as well, not around 500 employees and didn't have a distinct customer success part of the organization. It was implemented after the company started to realize that they had challenges with ongoing renewals that they they couldn't sell outsell the decline in their renewals and that is one of those situations where you it's you kind of look at customer success where you start were you looking at customer success to plug a gap or is this truly a business driver and is this a value that the senior leadership within the organization really holds dear and is committed to providing to their customers what's their view of what they provide to customers when you have a, a an, an exclusively sales focus at the very top leadership, sometimes they're just not aware of, of what's going out the back end as they are hitting their sales numbers quarter over quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a true, uh, you know, leaky bucket analogy is what we always mm -hmm. um, hear right. across the spectrum, you know, is just what's kind of what's coming out of the bucket um, and how to think about it. But I do think that's, um, and maybe the other thing that you're alluding to as well is as you, not only do you have the leaky bucket, but as the company grows and matures, you then start to have a greater like change management or transformation process that you have to go through. And so instead of getting, you know, um, in an early stage company, you know, where you ha might have uh, 10 people or 20 people that you have to get on board and kind of show the value of customer success, uh, almost the example you gave right now, you're at 500 people. So that just becomes inherently almost like a, an entire job of its own to handle that change management and transformation. So I can understand too that that as you grow and mature, that's the trajectory and, and that's the path that becomes really difficult as well. And one of the things that you just said was show the value of customer success. It, it's almost as though if you don't start with customer success as, as an inherent value, you're, all, you're never going to be able to demonstrate that because it doesn't generate revenue. It, it, some places it does, but it, in, its, in its pure form, the purpose of customer success is pre essentially preventing loss So, in, in a lot of organizations. So even the idea that how does customer success show its value, that tells me that, that long-term successful customers are not part of the inherent uh, mission or value that that company has, which, you know, as, as a prospective employee, that it, to me is a red flag, quite frankly, is if, if I'm looking at an organization and they're talking, oh, you have to show the value of customer success and we have to do all these charts. It's sort of, well, it's inherently valuable, just like you as a human have inherent value. 
you don't always have to keep proving that. So um, I think that's just a very different perspective that, that is um, very telling. Yeah. That's interesting too, the way you uh, just position that as an, as a prospective employee, you know, and, and um, I think oftentimes people, I would say, you know, the thought or prevailing thought is, Oh, I look at um, how fast is the company growing? Or I look at um, what's the salary they're going to give me and kind of the, you know, compensation plan and some of these other factors. But um, it is kind of an interesting perspective to take a step back and actually say, Hey, is this a company that aligns is aligned with the actual outcomes of their customers? And is this something that's a long-term strategy for them? And that becomes, you know, for me, as I, I mean, just the way you positioned it to me, right. That becomes a lot more of an interesting company. You know, maybe they have less salary or less benefits or something else that matters to me, but they have this kind of uh, core value that's tied to customer success. And that makes it really fun for me to work there because then if I work in that department or if I think about that, um, just core value of customer centric culture, then, you know, inherently we're going to have a really long run, um, in today's B2B SaaS world. I imagine you work with a lot of startups and that's one of those pieces that I would, if I were looking at a startup as I did when I joined Red Canary, it, that I look at and say, what is the long-term viability of this organization? Do they, are they invested in that long-term customer value? If it's just about we're growing, we're growing, we're growing, without really having that other piece in there, the long-term viability of that organization is, is for me, less secure. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, we just went to the CS100 conference out in Lehigh for, um, that the client success team puts on. And there was great. a really great talk out there from um, John Hernstein or Herstein from Box. And he talked about customer-centric culture and how it is very much different when, you know, there's kind of the CEO that can say, hey, we are a customer-centric culture, but then there are five to six things that you really need to look out for within the business that tell you if they're actually kind of putting the action behind the words. So I kind of feel like that's the similar to what you're saying as well, right? right. It's like, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, we are customer-centric, but it's another thing to say, hey, we have, you know, kind of the results or we have the documentation to kind of back it up that we are, you know, actually looking at this as a long-time driver for, for our business. Exactly. Um, Another interesting piece I think that we got into, you know, in our pre-call a couple of weeks ago is kind of the concept of um, charging for customer success. You know, I think um, what we've seen in the industry, especially over the last uh, two to three years is, you know, customer success isn't necessarily a specific line item cost that we're essentially giving over to our customer. Um, you know, it becomes kind of built into the subscription that they're paying us. Um, and so I'm curious if you've seen, that trend at all over your career as well as, um, you know, kind of making customers pay for customer success and how does that change the perception of what that team does or kind of the value that they might provide? That's also an interesting way of describing is, does it have more value if you charge for it versus if you don't? One of the, the, the organizations that I worked with did, we didn't charge for customer success. Customer success, ended up in a lot of cases being a, a de facto professional services organization, remote in most cases. Many times what the, the reason that customer success was engaged was because the customer either didn't purchase professional services at the beginning or whomever purchased them left and they still had the product but really didn't know how to use it and it fell upon the customer success team to re-enable that customer. In those situations, the value that they're getting is equal to professional services. Where 
I think that, it, that I could see putting a line item, in fact, you've given me a great idea, is to put a line item in our agreements that you have a dedicated customer success person for you and it is X value, even though we don't charge for it, to include that and it you know, really changes the perception of the value of that that service that we are providing that's essentially there to support the product. Where I have seen it be very challenging is where the situation I described, where customer success is really required to support that customer through their journey, onboarding and enabling them, and without it, the customer can never really get the value of the product. It's, it's complex enough that they can't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the other thing that um, I was talking with somebody earlier today, actually, and I think the other thing that we um, thought about it just in the conversation that we were having is about the complexity of the product and how um, oftentimes, too, when there is complexity, it almost makes you um, revert, we'll say, back into the product, right? And it makes that customer success manager kind of say, um, here's what our product can do, here's the value. Um, but the conversation we were having earlier was just this dichotomy that was interesting of, you know, how do you also get that customer success manager? So yes, the product is complex um, and there needs to be uh, value that we're driving around that, but also making sure to keep in mind that there is this kind of strategic component that you are um, important to that you should be asking the customer, you know, what are your processes? What are your outcomes? What are the kind of the business objectives and really trying to understand the business and how it applies to the product. Um, and I just think there's this, you know, oftentimes when we were talking with some of our clients, it's, you know, it's like, oh, our customer success manager just helps with the product because they, because um, it's so complex and we just need them to be in there all the time helping the customer. Um, and so I think there's this maybe loss of, of strategy element and also just a pure understanding of like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in you customer to understand like, what is your process? How do you do this? And then how can I think about that in the context of our product? Um, to make sure that we're really driving as much value as we can. Yeah, one of the things is, is when you talk about that, that strategies to really, it gets back to who, what type of people for us, that were the type of people that we're hiring, how are we going to ensure that that person is not just technically savvy, but also invested in how that customer is maturing in their, in our case, in their security posture. Are they getting better at security, their, their cybersecurity in general, by working with us, not just with our product, but with our team as a whole? Are we helping them understand the bigger picture beyond just, oh, I got this detection and here's what I do about it? It's really being allowing us to connect them with other people within Red Canary who can answer questions like, well, what sensor should I be using? What AV should I be using? What do you recommend for this thing over you know, as a SIM? And how does SIM differ from, from AV and all these other, other buzzwords? So um, it's, it's our job to help them understand and build their maturity, which furthers the value they see in, in not just our product, but working with our company as a whole. Yeah. I like all the, I like all those words you threw out. I knew none of what those meant, but that was good for me. You know, you've, you've uh, certainly learned it in a, a short amount of time, but the, um, that is an interesting way you put, you kind of position that as well. The maturity we've, we've talked often with our clients about, um, thinking of your customer and the maturity that they are in terms of, um, where they are in the industry. And then also like the maturity that they have with your product. And, you know, from an industry perspective, um, you know, from IT security, like where are they in terms of that maturity? Are they, you know, fairly sophisticated or are they fairly green? And then how are they looking at the maturity of our own product, you know, sophisticated or green? And then uh, trying to make sure too to 
position the messaging that you have to that customer um, in the right way based on that kind of matrix. And then also thinking too, um, how does that kind of change our success plan for that customer, right? How, how quickly can we make sure that they mature and can they really mature all the way to sophisticated in our product if they're not sophisticated in our industry? And um, I think there's just this interesting dynamic there too, especially around how you um, position certain features or even communicate with the customer that comes out of that kind of thinking. Um, so I like the way that you talked about just the maturity of, of the customer. One of the challenges with cybersecurity is that no one wants to admit that they don't know everything. All those, those acronyms I just threw out at you. No one wants to admit that they may not know everything there is to know about everything. And what we try to do is create a sort of a safe space for them to admit that, hey, I'm hand you know, we might have a very small team who's IT and security. And how do we help you be able to communicate to your CIO who says, oh, we just saw WannaCry on the news. How do I respond to that? So we try to be the ones to help them figure out what, what could your CISO or C, CIO be asking you about? And then how do we prepare you to respond to those questions? And so it's, it's really becoming, as I said, as you said in the very beginning, really becoming their security ally beyond just we, de we res detect and respond to, to um, adversaries in your environment. Yeah. And I often feel too, that's a great way to solidify it and continue to build relationships with the customer. Um, right. Because it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I had a, I had a former boss that used to tell me if you can make your client contact look good to their boss, then you're essentially doing, you know, good things. And, um, and so I almost think of that in the same concept you just gave, right. It's like, Hey, you're not alone. When you walk into that room uh, right. to talk to your CIO. It's like, Hey, we're here and we're helping you to prepare for that. Um, so I do like that. And, and the word ally, you know, just comes to mind because it is like, hey, we're kind of on the on the side of your team and, and helping you to um, strategize and think through this as deep as we can. One of the pieces with customer success, at least in our organization, is also taking that from just customer success and having that with that relationship and the communication with product to be able to say, this is what our what we're trying to prepare our customers with to, to speak to their bosses. Is there any of that that we could automate or, or have automatically in some sort of dashboard within the product so that they have it at their fingertips? We can certainly provide that via customer reporting, but if they have that at their fingertips, it just makes it one, one step easier for them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that thinking a lot. Um, you know, just trying to inherently just start building in the questions that they're going to ask into uh, the product if we can and, and have a good link between customer success and the product. Well, I know we're getting to, you know, the end of 2019 and 2020 is quickly upon us. Um, so I'm curious, you know, kind of we'll, we'll keep financials and budgeting on uh, the side for this one, but just thinking about like 2020 and planning for your team, are there, is there a certain way that you approach that? Is there a certain way that you kind of think about um, maybe key moments that are going to happen in 2020 or meetings that need to happen or anything that you can think of just from uh, planning purposes? I'm curious how you head into a, a new year. A couple of areas that we're evaluating and investigating further is where the line between customer success and support exists today, and then is that where we want it to exist going forward? So are there questions that customers routinely ask that 
customer success is responding to, but technically there should be support. So we're evaluating that. We are also, as I mentioned, working with product to figure out what are the routine things that customers ask for from a reporting perspective? Can those be built into the product so that the customer success person can really focus on peer pro providing customers with how they compare to their peers rather than just the reporting out of the platform. The other place I work with is on the sales team. We're a growing, uh, rapidly growing organization. I routinely meet with the sales team to understand where that, what's coming down the pike, particularly if they are if they are looking to move up towards more large enterprise customers. Those customers, I I can't have. You know, one person handling 50 of those. So I need to understand from from you know, what direction they're headed, what is they, what customers or, or prospects they're targeting, so that I can be prepared. And I usually like to believe about two to maybe three months overlap between the a new person coming on and actually taking on new customers. So I have to stay very tightly aligned with the senior sales leadership, so that. I am not surprised when we get the biggest customer that we've ever had and I, all my CSMs are maxed out that I don't want to be in that position. Yeah, no, that's a, a um, I really like that. Uh, like the interplay there you're talking about between sales and customer success, because I think, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of all about the, um, you know, the handoff or, you know, what, what are the value propositions we're selling? And sometimes it is just like, Hey, what's in the pipeline? Because I need to prepare for the services that we have to deliver onto that and, um, and be able to kind of plan our team around that. Cause it's a very different engagement model for you. If it's a smaller customer, like you mentioned that you can have um, potentially one CSM that helps to handle versus an enterprise that needs a little bit more um, or different engagement model. So um, that certainly comes into play. And I like that you're already, you know, thinking about that for 2020. What are, what are some of the, imagine, you know, where your mind goes is obviously, you know, where are we targeting, um, in terms of the market, you know, and what are the sales targets that we have? And then that kind of helps me position in a line and think about um, customer success and, and the delivery on the back end. One of the pieces on that delivery the, and the forecasting is looking at specific industries. So we have just started to unpack that a little bit and understand better what are the industries that where we typically win and continue to win. I would like to figure out if I need to have customer success specialists for a particular industry. Certainly, you want to, we want to look at segmenting from a size of customer, but also, does it make sense for us, because we work a lot in the financial services industry, does it make sense for us to have someone who's specifically aligned, or a team specifically aligned to financial services? So that's another area that I work with the, the sales leadership to figure out where, what are you guys targeting is there a push? Are there marketing campaigns into a particular uh, sector that that I should know about and learn and make sure that my team learns about that industry as a whole? Yeah, that's such a good point. We, um, I just released a couple of uh, LinkedIn posts around a talk that we heard at CS100 Summit um, from a guy, guy named Greg Danes, and one of his um, kind of points that he was making is how how customer success actually has really valuable information for the sales team because similar to your point, right? Hey, we're winning customers in this industry. And then the perspective that you can provide is have they been a good long-term fit for Red Canary and how can I essentially help sales kind of uh, look at those industries and start to say like, yay or nay um, in terms of what we should be pursuing. So you kind of have that voice in the room because of all the valuable delivery information that you've had um, post them becoming a customer. So I think that um, starting to, uh, to reign true here as well. I'm curious, from your perspective, how are companies that you've talked to going about educating 
the new sales reps on the existing customers' use cases and what was their success criteria, business value, et cetera? Yeah, so we've, um, we've certainly seen, I think obviously the standard place is actually having the salesperson go through almost a new sale themselves. So, you know, going through and signing up for the product, getting onboarded for the first time, getting all the welcome emails, all that kind of going through the actual experience themselves, I think is something that um, we've continued to see that's worked well and making, hey, salesperson, you know, you're going to kind of feel it um, before you actually go sell it. You're going to feel what a customer would kind of see during that transition. Um, another thing that I think we've seen in some of our customers that have worked well is um, getting some of the leaders from the customer success side uh, to kind of come with some of those package stories and um, be able to articulate some of those key things that you talked about. So um, in one of the one of the companies that we have, they have, I think, two or three kind of customer success or managers of customer success that handle kind of different types of clients or uh, different segments of the business. And so those leaders are kind of charged with putting together um, a little prospectus that says, hey, here is what my team at X company handles in terms of the segment. Um, here are the types of customers that we've seen work really well. Here are the use cases that we've continued to find that have worked well. Uh, and then here's how our engagement model works against that. And um, kind of getting some of those details out, I've seen it work really well because it helps to establish um, those managers of customer success. It helps establish a relationship with that salesperson so that they feel a little bit more connected to, hey, I know which team is actually going to go start to deliver mm -hmm. this. Um, and you can start to build just the foundation of a relationship. And then um, I think to your point and what you mentioned earlier, you know, the more information that you can give back into that sales rep's hands to say, here's what we have seen to be a good su successful customer um, that hopefully starts to play in their mind as they go through the sales process or go, go find leads um, on their end and continue to close deals. Um, but that's a couple of things we've, we've also seen one final thought is we've seen um, company wide them, they start to do kind of a, a client highlight and they'll do it on a monthly or quarterly basis where um, it won't take very long, but you know, in a company hands meeting, they'll talk about, you know, a five, five minute, seven minute segment, and they'll talk about a current customer. And so one of the customer success managers or one of the leaders on the team will go up there and kind of deliver to the company and say, Hey, we wanted to highlight this customer because of X, Y, and Z. Um, here's what we really found worked well for them. You know, we changed this process or we did something within their organization that really made this impactful. So um, we've also kind of seen it on a grander scale because that helps get back into a little bit of the engineering and product team or helps get back into marketing um, the more that those happen. So that's a couple of examples um, that we've seen. That's right. Yeah, we just, we just started doing company-wide write-ups on larger, more strategic unique, whatever, renewals that we, that the, the customer success team has done so that the sales team can leverage that, those use cases, that customer information in their sales calls. I, I like your idea of doing a more of a, a in, something more in depth than that to the whole company, more of a presentation style. I'm stealing your idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, and I, and I love, you know, what you just said there too, right? It's like these, these uh, stories that you can help bring up and bubble to the surface it just becomes such great material for both marketing and sales. You know, sales, a salesperson can walk um, from that email that you sent, they can literally walk into a meeting three minutes later and be able to draw upon that experience. And um, I think we've often find, found that that's when sales and customer success really feel on the same page is when you're kind of advocating and bringing these stories to the surface without a salesperson having to say, hey, I need this, or hey, I need a customer, or, hey, I need that X, Y, and Z. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I like, the, I like that idea too that you just mentioned about writing you know, these emails too that kind of go out to the company about these great renewals we're having. Cause I think that 
imagine that built great or I imagine that builds great rapport for your team. They feel, Hey, I did a great job. People know that I helped with this renewal. Um, and then the same thing, right? It's, it's, you've got these stories that you can kind of back it up with and it kind of helps to go company wide. So that's a cool idea as well. One of the challenges I noticed with everywhere I've been with customer success is getting the voice of customer success out there. You're, you're, you're the one who is keeping the flywheel going while the sales team gets and justifiably gets great credit for bringing in these large deals, doing a write up, doing a presentation on the renewal that happened after that really highlights the efforts of customer success. And as you said, they, the sales rep can take that story about that customer, that use case into a call 10 minutes later. Yeah, that's great. Well, Stacy, I know we're, we're getting close to the end here uh, on time and I really appreciate all the time that you've been able <clears throat> to spend with us today. We've got one question that we asked, we like to ask all of our guests at the end. It's kind of a curveball, but uh, if you looked at your to-do list or your whiteboard, you know, what's one thing that you feel like you have to accomplish over the next week that's just pressing or that's up there on the top of the list that you just know you, you have to knock out to be successful? Success plans for our top 10 customers. Love it. That's such a good one. Yeah, working with our technical counterparts to kind of alluding to what we talked about earlier is to look at the those top 10 customers where are they today and what where do we would we like to see them over the course of the next six to 12 months and then building a plan on how we're going to get there what we need to get there whether it's people or product or tools and bringing that to the forefront so that uh, the whole team is aligned around that awesome that's a that's a really good one it's good stuff um well stacy appreciate the time you know you've given us i know uh you've you know, we had a pre-call, we had this call, um, and this was just really fun for me to, to dive into and um, love what you have done over your career and what, what Red Canary is um, building out there in Colorado. And hopefully one of these days we'll, uh, we'll get to come experience some of that nice weather with you. That would be great. Thanks so much, Jeff. Nice talking with you. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. 